Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Unprotected Sets captures the energy of a live comedy show and brings it directly to your ears. Part stand-up, part interview. You'll get an inside scoop into the tragically funny lives and minds of rising star comics. Real, raw, and funny. It's Unprotected Sets. Came down here to go to Howard University, man. It was the best decision of my life. A lot of y'all don't know what it's like to go to a black school. It's really simple. It is... Black all the time. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. That's it. It's gonna be black all the time. This is my whole eight years at Howard. Shut up. Black, 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 black. <laughs> my name is Kason Wilson. Y'all don't understand the pain of having a made-up black name. You don't know what it's like your whole life to type your name in Microsoft Word and have to see a red line underneath. Thank you, sister. Appreciate you. Your name probably ain't got no vowels in it. You felt that. Application in three years, you started a business because you had to. My name is Paris Sachet, and I am a stand up comedian. I had a very tough childhood. I got a lot of ass weapons over the course of many years. There were a lot of challenges, and I just felt like I was drowning, and I had to work my way back out of it. Anything I'm fearful of, I replace it with faith. You can't have faith and fear, you have to pick one. So when I started looking at life like that, it really, it makes sense. I I pushed through it, so I can definitely say I am a survivor. people here, but there's a lot of white people here, too. It's good to see y'all. It's been a rough year for y'all, so I'm happy to see y'all. Whoa, I never thought it'd be hard being white, but woo, has it been a year for you guys? Whoa. Like, I didn't know my whole life it was two different types of white people. I thought all white people was the same until Trump won. Then he divided the white community. I was so happy to see it. It's regular white people like you all here tonight. And then it's Trump supporters. And they hate each other. I just like to watch it. I just like to watch it. It feels good to see. Cause it was Martin Luther King's second dream and don't nobody ever talk about it. <laughs> Think he only had one dream? He had more than one dream. He had a whole book. A whole book called the rest of his dreams. But the second dream, <laughs> the second dream was that it'd be drama in a white race and it's happening. Oh, it looks so good to see. Oh, cause like I've been black my whole life. Like straight through, like my entire life. I ain't never switch up or nothing. So I know that it's two different types of black people, but white people don't know that. White people see scary black people and y'all look at people like me, like I can help. And I'm like, no, if you scared of him, I'm scared of him too. It's not about race, it's about safety. We need to call the police, bitch. Just, let's do a three-way call. Let's, 
Real, you see how hard the white people laugh? Because they know. <laughs> oh gosh, it's really two different types, yes. I realized it, because I got on the train with this white lady one morning, five o'clock in the morning. She had Starbucks, I had Starbucks, she trusted me. <laughs> she felt safe, she sat next to me, we made a toast. I was like, this is beautiful white woman behavior. <laughs> Then this black guy got on the train 30 minutes after us, 5.30 in the morning with a ski mask on. <laughs> guy scared me first. I was like, for breakfast? But she didn't think I was scared. She looked at him and then looked back at me like I was his representative. I was like, no, bitch, we. I had to stop riding the train after that. I had to start riding the Uber pool. Like when it first came out though, when it was just you and one other person in the car. But now they put a person in every seat depending on the car they send you. And they don't give you bullet points to tell you about these people. <laughs> they show you a name and a face. I'm like, no, I wanna know what the fuck they do outside of Uber Pool. <laughs> For real, what if you call an Uber Pool and the ride is only $3.50, but the first bullet point say murderer. <laughs> For $3.50, I'ma still ride with this killer. <laughs> Maybe he just came from killer. He might not kill me. I might be the break. I don't know. <laughs> Called me an Uber pool two weeks ago and a van pulled up outside my house. And like, I don't know how y'all feel about vans, but I don't trust vans. I never seen nobody get in a van and out of a van at the same time. I never seen a shot. So I was skeptical, but I was late. So I was like, let me go get in this van. So I went outside, the door slid open. I got in, I looked around. It was five other people. <laughs> in the van. I was like, sir, this is not an Uber pool. This is an Uber field trip. What the fuck? We picked this lady up from work. We dropped this other lady off. They gave me the aux cord. I started playing Cardi B. We was dancing. White people had rhythm. It was exciting to see. We started taking selfies on Snapchat. I was like, for $2.50, you can't beat this. But then it got better. The lady in the far back seat of the van pulled out a bottle of Hennessy and started passing out shots. I was like, for $2.50? I told the driver, I was like, drop me off last. This is definitely the ride I was looking for. I don't know, it's a crazy time right now. I think white people and black people need to stick, to, stick together more. I think we need each other. I think there's certain departments that white people can help us with and there's certain departments we can help white people with, right? Like, I think white people could help black people with their credit sometimes. <laughs> Honest statement. And then, in return, I think black people can help white people with their potato salad. It's just... <laughs> small stuff. Because I don't know where you guys get your ingredients from, but it's not supposed to be yogurt. It's not supposed to have raisins and pretzels and be sweet, no. It's potato salad. We wait all year for that. White people just been fucking it up. Like, that's not your job, Susan. <laughs> do your job, okay? Spend your money. Go get some paper cups and paper plates. That's what you're supposed to do. Stay in your lane. Oh. It's crazy. Hey, how'd it do, y'all? I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. 
The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Growing up, I was the youngest of three. My brother and my sister had kids, so I had to help raise my nieces and nephews. That meant helping them get ready for school, making their lunch. I was just forced to grow up fast, so I kind of, like, skipped some of my childhood. Financially, we were very poor, but happy. My mom worked two jobs, so she wasn't home a lot. She always told me we didn't have to look like we lived. So I did a lot of thrift store shopping, and we still found a way to make the best of what we had. Growing up, we moved a lot. We were living with my grandmother for a while. It was eight people living in a two-bedroom, one-bath, which meant sometimes you had to wash up while someone was in the shower. I got in trouble a lot as a kid. I set the house on fire by accident when I was eight because I seen my aunt playing with mattress in the bathroom, but she blew it out. So I tried to go in and do the same thing, and I didn't blow it out and throw it in the trash. House set on fire. I was a kid. I didn't even realize that I set the house on fire until we had to move, and it was like, okay, the house is done, Paris, because of you. And then the following day, my mom told everyone, and everyone that she knew came over the house, stood in the line, took their turns, burning my fingers. I cried the entire time, but I also knew that I had to take it because burning my hands wasn't as bad as burning down our entire house with everything in it. After that, I didn't do anything else bad at home, but then I just took my bad behaviors to school. Growing up, I didn't expect comedy to be it, but as a child, I was getting into a lot of trouble in school for always being the class clown. So I felt like that was like a start of it, like I was a comedian in class, but my teachers didn't think it was funny. After high school, I went to college for two years, and I was the first person in my family to go to college. The second year, um, my dad died, and I came back home. I had this whole shutdown. I was sad. I didn't leave the house at all. I wasn't going back to school. I knew I was very broke. All of my friends told me that I should do comedy. So my cousin, my sister, they signed me up for five open mics in one week. I ended up going to one. My mom put my name on the list. I hid in the bathroom for 15 minutes. She told me to come out. I said, I'm not coming out. She got the host to come in the bathroom and say, Paris, we won't continue the show until you come out. I came out. She said, okay, you're gonna do seven minutes. So I ended up doing 13 minutes, standing ovation. And that was the moment that I knew this was for me. I had a lion-ass mother growing up. <laughs> just like to get into that. Cause she used to tell me this one main lie that always stuck with me. She used to tell me right before she whipped my ass, that this gonna hurt me. <laughs> More than this gonna hurt you. And I'm like, if that's the case, bitch, hit yourself. <laughs> so I was like, I can't wait till I can use this same line on her. Then it came around full force. We was in the car one day. I didn't have my seatbelt on. We got pulled over. As the police was walking up to the car, she turned around. She was like, I'm gonna fuck you up when we get home. And I was like, I hope she go to jail. Ooh, I hope she go to jail. Woo, I do. Officer came, told her to step out the car. Her license was suspended, so I was like, yes. <laughs> and I think he was gonna let her go, because he came back to the car and he looked at me, and I looked at him and I said, please lock her up. <laughs> She's been making threats all day. <laughs> and I rolled the window down and I looked at her and I said, this gonna hurt me. More than this gonna hurt you. 
get that ass up, and I ain't see her till Monday. I was a mixed kid growing up. I had two fathers and one mother. <laughs> my first father went to jail, and then my mother was like, I ain't doing this single mother shit, and she went and picked me up another father. <laughs> and she brought him home. I was like, okay, this is cool. But she lied to me at first. She ain't tell me he was in jail at first. I went to move with my grandmother when I turned 11 in a white school, white neighborhood, white community, white holidays. Shit I never heard in my life before. One of the holidays for Spirit Week was bring your parents' picture to school day. I was like, I ain't never heard of this in my life, but I want to participate. So I went home, I was like, hey mom, where's my dad? The real one. And she was like, in the army. And I was like, oh, okay, that's good. So I got the pictures. I was like, I can't wait to go to school tomorrow. So I get to school tomorrow, we passing out pictures in class. Everybody looking at pictures. And this one white kid grabbed my picture. He was like, let me see Paris. And I was like, yeah. He was like, your dad is not in the army. I was like, yes, he is, my mother told me. He was like, no, he's not. They don't wear orange. And I was hurt, I was a kid. I had too much pride, I couldn't lose. I was like, yes, they do. He's a cadet, he just jointed. You gotta earn your colors. Give him some time. That's why I hate kids, I hate them. They're evil, I fucking hate kids. I mean, parents don't like their kids, neither. Parents love their kids, y'all don't like y'all kids. I don't like the fact that kids think they can say whatever they want to you and you can't say whatever you want back as an adult because they're a kid. First of all, I don't got kids, so fuck them kids. <laughs> say whatever I want to them kids, and I drink Hennessy, so I really say whatever I want to them kids. Cause like, even when I don't want to say ignorant stuff and I drink Hennessy, Hennessy be like, say it. I be like, no, it be like, do it. And I be like, bitch, and then it's done. So, <laughs> so what happened was I went on a date with this guy. He brought his daughter on the first date. Same thing I said, but I was like. <laughs> But I think he was trying to show me he was a good dad. I think he was trying to prove that he was a good dad. And I was like, I don't care if you are or if you're not. Because if you're not, that's more money for us. <laughs> and I care about myself first. But I still went, because he had good credit. And I was like, you know, this could go somewhere. So I get in the car, I'm drinking my Hennessy in the front seat. She in the back seat drinking her juicy juice. It felt like an Uber Pooh. I was like, I do this all the time. <laughs> it's like, I should speak now. We both thirsty, so I was like, how you doing, little girl? You cute. And she wasn't cute. <laughs> but as an adult, I said, if I lie and give her a compliment, she'll do the same thing back to me. She didn't. <laughs> she looked at me, she was like, ugh. Don't talk to me, you not my mother. <laughs> so I was like, baby bitch. <laughs> but I couldn't get mad, because she told her truth. And I'm working on myself this year. I don't get mad no more, I just get petty. Like she told her truth, I should be able to tell my truth. So I looked her in her eyes. I was like, you right, I'm not your mother. But he might not be your father neither. <laughs> and that was the last day we went on. That, that worked. After that, I got a girlfriend after that. I was like, I'm done. I went and got a girlfriend. But like before her, I wasn't like full-time gay. I was like demo gay. <laughs> like 30-day free trial, don't put your credit card in gay. Just, I was testing it out. Now I got my full subscription. 
But it ain't come with no manuals or shit. This shit is confusing. It don't come with nothing. You just got to jump into it. And I don't get it. My girlfriend's beautiful. I'm cute. We went on our first date. She ordered what she wanted. I ordered what I wanted. And then the bill came. <laughs> Table got real silent. She looked at the bill. She said, I'm not paying for that. I said, bitch, I'm not paying for that neighbor. I'm not paying for a bill in my life. So the waiter came back. He said, are you guys ready? I said, we are not. We have a problem. I said, we're going to figure this out. So I looked at her. Then I looked back at myself and I said, my titties are bigger than yours. So you the man by default. Pay for that bill. Make sure you tip. And she did, because she's a good guy. She's a good guy. Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Once I started comedy, comedy was like the best place for me to be. It was like I felt that this was my calling. But then something terrible happened. I went out to this club one night. It was a friend's birthday. I didn't want to go. I had a bad feeling about it, but I still went. I told my friends, like, this guy in the corner, he's weird. Eventually, we ended up leaving. And as we were leaving, walking down the steps, he came from behind and shoved me forward. I had on six-inch heels. I smacked the concrete broke my two front teeth, broke my nose, had a concussion, and had bruises all over my face. I would assume that that came from guys not taking rejection well, and they feeling like women shouldn't be able to say no, but I think you should be able to say no anytime you want, because it's a choice. I feel like that moment really shaped me, because four days after all of this happened, I had a show at the Improv, and I didn't want to miss it. It was my first time ever performing here. I mean, it's special. It's like getting a key to your city. And I wasn't going to let the assault stop me. So that Tuesday, I went to the dentist. They gave me temporary teeth. I performed at the Improv Still that following Thursday. And it was at that moment, like, I felt like I had a purpose. A lot of women, when they found out the story, they sent me emails. They shared their stories with me, and they told me, like, I was their hero. Once I heard I was a hero to women that I've never met in my life, I feel like I have a purpose for women to let them know that despite the odds, you can push through anything. So plan B, right? Plan B is a real thing. I don't know why it's plan B when it should be plan A because you only got 72 hours to take it before you got to get the real thing. So I feel like they should switch that anyway. That should be plan A, abortion, plan B. I don't know who was in the team creating that stupid shit. But you only got up until 72 hours to take it for it to work effectively. 72 hours. Sometimes you have good sex and you lay there for like 59 hours. (laughs) Now you got to get up and rush. That's stupid to me. But if you had it first, you could have just relaxed. Like, I think so deep. Like, I think they should sell it at the gas stations. (laughs) I think they should. I think it'll save a lot of good nights. I think 
you can get 20 on pump three, a plan B, and a ginger ale, and that's a great night. That's a good night. That's a good damn night. <laughs> I think I got the answers. It's crazy. I know y'all looking at me like, that's a nice haircut. Thank you. People think I did it for fashion. I did not. My rent went up. This was a budget cut. Just happened to look nice. I got this. Give me more money to get better bras. Because uh, don't nobody ever talk about how expensive good bras is for big titties, sir. Nobody. Don't nobody. They always give you compliments on your titties, but they don't know how much you had to go through to get in that bra. Especially when it's hot. You know how much big titties got to do? You got to go in the bathroom. You got to pick your titties up one by one. Take them out, wipe them, put them back. <laughs> then you come out and guys just like, you look nice. You're like, bitch, you know what I just went through? <laughs> These girls are tired. <laughs> trying to become a better person. I recently just became a Christian. That's how serious I'm trying to become a better person. And I like the fact that God gives you a promise. He promised you that you just do what you can and he'll handle everything that you can. Do what you can and God got the rest. Now I live by this rule and I'm doing what I can. I'm handling everything I can, except them student loans. <laughs> Ooh, I can't handle them. I can't. They be calling you, asking you stupid questions too. When can you make a payment? Never, bitch, I just left the mall. <laughs> I said, you know what, I'm a Christian now. God gave me a promise. The bill collectors called me last week. They said, when can you make a payment? I said, please do not call this phone anymore. God will get in contact with you. <laughs> when he can, that battle is not mine, that is the Lord's. Smoke weed and I come up with stuff like that. I smoke a lot of weed, I love it. I was so happy when they made weed legal in D.C. That's right. You can smoke weed outside anywhere you want in D.C. as long as there's a white person next to you. That's the rule. <laughs> I didn't make it up. That's the rules. The police ride past you. They see a white person. He's like, is that a good one? You're like, yep. And they go about their day. That's how it works. I was so happy. I was like, what? I could pick out my own drug dealer? I could pick now? Ooh, this is good. So of course, I picked a black guy because they said black people don't support black businesses. And I wanted to break that stereotype. But he kept showing up late, so he wasn't helping. So New Year rolled around, January 1st came, I called him, I was like, hey man, happy New Year's. I need you to be on time this year. He was like, okay, but I know people be lying, so I called him January 2nd just to make sure. Called him January 2nd. I was like, hey, I need a package. He was like, okay, I'll be there in 15 minutes. Somebody tell me 15 minutes. That's how long I expect to wait. Nothing over 15 minutes. 15 minutes passed. He wasn't there. I called him back. I said, where you at? He said, I'm going to be 30 minutes late. <laughs> now I'm working on myself. I don't get mad. I get petty. <laughs> so I got upset. I hung up the phone and I called the police. Cause we need to get people like that off the streets. That's negativity. There's people in jail right now for selling weed on time. They was doing their job. They need to come back home, get back to work. These people need to go in 
trying to make America great again, I think. <laughs> Thank y'all, DC. Yo, one more time for Paris Sanchez. She killed it! I had a lot of challenges in my life. I feel like the one that really shaped me was the assault. They can look at me and say, oh, she found laughter through this, and she's telling it to us, so we also can think about our life and see where we can find laughter. Because I turned my pain into laughter for people to hear. I think I'm a superhero, and I think comedy is my healing power. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.